career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, it's time for another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and you know, sometimes we have this thing called image. And it could be image of ourselves, image of others, and then as we start to get older, and I know most of you guys have felt this in some way, shape, or form, whether it's the image of who we are in our physical well-being or who we are in our wealth or our success, we suddenly start to battle that inner demon about who we really think we should be and how we should be showing up in the world. Most of the time it comes wrapped up in our own body image. I know I'm a guy who's got a lovely little bear belly, not a beer belly. I have a bear belly because I'm a big guy, but um, it's something that I've had to kind of contend with. And even though I work out and everything, I feel like, okay, I can always do better than are people looking at me. And then I look at other guys like, okay, well, my belly's not as big as his. And then suddenly before I know it, I'm just beating the shit out of myself. And I think for most men, this is fairly common unless you're like one of those Adonises. But I even think the Adonises have some of this going on for them. And as a gay man, I know I have struggled with this in so many ways to feel like I'm being accepted in the community. And I decided I wanted to call on a past guest of mine from my other podcast, Life Uncloseted, and have him and I just share a chat around self-image and self-perceptions, especially as it pertains to men, and even delve deeper into the world of why gay men struggle with this. Uh, Darren has been on my podcast. His name is Darren Main. He teaches yoga. He's written some beautiful books, and he is a single dad, and he happens to be a single gay dad. And I know that for me, when I came out of the closet, that was part of my self-image. I'm like, how do I do this? So I just want to welcome Darren back to a podcast with me. It's been a few years, man, and I'm glad you're here to have this conversation. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too, man. Even though nobody else can see us, we can see each other. So, uh, so you know, you have been doing work in the gay community for many, many years, but not just the gay community, I mean, and everything from yoga and all this sort of stuff. But as you yourself have started to go through that process of aging and then, you know, you're raising a son, what kind of stuff have you come up against within your own self around, ooh, this is who I am and what am I doing at this whole self-image thing. It's, it's such a great question. You're absolutely right. This is not just a gay man. It's an everybody issue. But I think for gay men, we experience it differently. Yeah. Because our culture is so um, so focused on appearance and sex appeal. And our identity as gay men. Um, I don't think this is the only thing. Like, we want to sleep with. Getting late is not the only thing that but it's a it's a significant part of it it's the loudest part the, the most visible part about what it means to be a gay man unless you're taking that deeper dive deeper look into yourself to say how does this fit into the whole of who i am 
all of that combined with that sort of external constant barrage of this is what a sexy, attractive man looks like. Yeah. Um, it'd be near like repeated over and over again, like a month. Um, and, you know, for a living, I teach yoga. My, my, the, the, my job is to teach people to meet their body where it's at. Yeah. to love it, to embrace their body where it's at. And I still struggle with this. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think it's not something we ever finish. I think it's something that bump up against. And yeah. it, it, what uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist teacher, calls the bell of mindfulness. So every time I catch myself in front of the mirror, I'm saying, oh, my God, I'm so fat, or I'm so this, or I've got lines on my another gray hair, or whatever it is, <laughs> I can go down that rabbit hole or I can say, oh, wow, I'll back to my practice, you know? Right. And I try to choose the, the latter. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought this up because literally uh, an hour ago, I went to the gym and I've got people who've been listening to the podcast know um, I've had some challenges. I've got, I went and had a, I had a stroke not long ago, which was not a big major one. It's like small stroke. But then I've got some foot issues and I've got some back issues going on. So my ability to do much of anything other than swimming and some light weights is like kind of where I'm stuck right now. And I'm like really upset at times about it because it's like I just want to lose the weight. I'm eating right, but I've got to do some of that exercise. And as I got to the gym today, um, I got ready to go swim. And I typically swim in my like longer Speedo trunks. But I also have a shortcut pair. And I kind of like the shortcut pair because it makes it easier to swim. But I always feel a little self-conscious in the gym um, because I'm in a predominantly, you know, hetero environment where I live here in Central Coast, California. And then I noticed throughout the weeks, a few other guys have started wearing those kind of trunks as well to swim. And I'm like, okay, this is becoming the fashion. But today, as I put it on, because I had forgotten my regular long trunks, I happened to catch sight of myself in the mirror and immediately I started to go to, you shouldn't be wearing that suit. And I went back to right after I came out of the closet and I was in Mexico with my now husband at a gay resort and I wore a shortcut trunk like that and I felt totally hot. And I had lost a lot of weight at that point. I was thinner than I am now. And as soon as my mind started to go to that place today at the gym, I stopped myself and said, no, you're still that guy that was walking on the beach in those shortcut trunks. You're still that same guy. You just have a little more fluff on you to go rock it. And I totally changed my perception of myself in that moment. And I, I was even more inspired to go swim the laps because I simply said, gosh, you're just as good as you were. Okay, this is where you're at. Yeah. I think it's beautiful when you can meet you. And I love what you said about meeting your body where you're at. Well, I think whenever we tether our self-worth and value to something that is, by definition, impermanent. I mean, your body, you were once Rick the infant, yeah. Rick the toddler, Rick the chi school child, Rick the teenager, Rick the young adult, Rick the middle-aged guy. Yep. Right. Uh, I won't say Rick the senior citizen because you're not quite there yet. <laughs> but, you know, your your body is ever-changing. Your mind is ever-changing. All of these things are just in flux. And as soon as you start to say, my value is um, tethered to one form, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's me at, 
in my 20s or me in my 30s, instead of just saying, wow, my body is beautiful and healthy and it gets me around from mm -hmm. point A to point B and occasionally I get laid and that's awesome too. Yet my right. body is pretty darn awesome. Yeah. You know, instead we're stuck saying, no, I shouldn't be in my 48 year old body. I should be in my 28 year old body. Mm -hmm. And which takes us right out of this moment and denies us the joy of being who we are. Yeah. And I think so many men, especially gay men, miss the beauty of that because we have been told we're not good enough right out the gate because of our sexuality and anything that we were as young men. And doesn't matter when you came out of the closet, whether you were younger, older, midlife as I have, older than me, I worked with guys who come out later it's, you're not good enough. But I want to also give credence to our heterosexual brothers who have stood in those same gyms on those same basketball courts or football fields or soccer fields and been told, you're not man enough to do this. And it's no wonder that we as men in general have low self-esteem, even though we try to act like we don't. We can put on the whole I'veness or whatever, you know, and then behind that facade, is the real man, the yeah. real person that everybody really should be able to see and should be able to love and understand. Yeah, I think we, it, and I think the Me Too movement is like the a piece of this, but I think we have a crisis of masculinity in our country. I agree. Like, you know, growing up, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and so much of the messaging that we got at that time, we didn't learn how to be gentlemen. We didn't learn how to be masculine in, in, in the beautiful sense of the word. Right. We learned this sort of weird version of masculinity. And for gay men, it was about shaming the feminine. You became mm -hmm. more masculine by shaming the feminine. So if you were a gay man, someone who embodied more of that feminine yep. or were attracted to that part of yourself um you had to sort before you came out anyway you had to deny mm -hmm. that part of yourself and i think all of that you know it, it it's like a thing that's been rolling along and changing form as we change yep right now we're out of the closet but now we're aging gay men and we don't look like that adonis oh i do you said yes, to of course not see the video of this, right? Yeah, of course. You guys should see him. Okay. He's all ripped and pecked. And, yeah, I'm sitting here all oiled up, my pecs. Yeah, um, yeah. And, he, and he's been, as he's been talking, he's been standing there once in a while, like pivoting just so I can see that beautiful bubble buddy he has. And, you know, yeah. he's really prancing it all around here. So, uh, of course. Yeah. I, I, you, you know, Rick, I think you've got um, you porn on instead of Zoom. Uh, oh, sorry. Maybe, oh, yeah, that's right. I have another window open here. But anyway. But you're right. This is this interesting space that we get into because of how we've been socialized in society. And I think the shaming of the feminine, especially for gay men, but even for straight men, it, it's like we can't let any soft side of us show. And I have a, a friend who actually has become my business coach, um, who kind of a in the gay world, and he's straight as an arrow, in the gay world, he would be like a really hot muscle bear. And burly, you know, scruffy beard, just really well put together guy. And he's an attorney. And he talks about kindness. 
and what it means to be kind in business. And he and I have chatted about this. He's been on the podcast already, but we've chatted about even that is kind of like, but you're a guy. You shouldn't be talking about being kind quite at this level anyway. And I find it really fascinating when we get into those arenas as men. And then again, especially as gay men, it's like suddenly that that shaming goes up tenfold. It's like, okay, if you're a straight guy, we're going to go to this point. But if you're a gay man, man, it's just like, you're going to get it really layered on. And I'm curious in your world, because of being in yoga, how many times do you find, I mean, I know guys show up to it because they want to get there, but it hasn't always been that way in yoga where it's ever been really cool until just recently that yoga is such an open, welcoming world. But I know there are guys that have probably walked into yoga and gone, they're going to think I'm a sissy. Well, it's, it's interesting because I hear this mostly from men, occasionally from women. But when they find out I teach yoga, they say, oh, I, I'm not good at yoga. Or I'm not flexible. Or I'm too fat to do yoga. I'm too this. There's all these excuses. And, and I think that in that statement is sort of the crux of, it's sort of like the seed of that toxic idea. Yep. is that you cannot show up in your body until your body is perfect. Mm. But the ironic part is in order for you to have the best version of your body that you can have, you need to show up and be in your body. Right. Right. People who dissociate from their body don't want to go to the gym, don't want to go to yoga, tend to eat foods that don't make them feel good or you know, keep them healthy. They tend to do self-destructive things. Yep. So it's, it's this weird paradox where we dissociate from our body we say because i'm dissociated from my body i i can't go to yoga or the gym or go for a run or whatever it is that you're drawn to and then of course you feel less at home in your body so you dissociate more and it becomes this toxic cycle so more and more i'm seeing more and more men come to yoga Mm -hmm. um it's ironic because historically like over thousands of years Yoga has been almost exclusively a male-dominated thing. It, mm. You were born in a patriarchal time in India, and and now in the West, it is almost entirely women coming to yoga, mm. with a sprinkling of men and mostly gay men. Yeah. In all honesty, mm-hmm. um, not there's a lot more straight men coming, but it, it's a slow turnaround. Like mm. we're just starting to catch up to our sisters here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Actually, one of my best friends is a yoga instructor in New York, and he and I have talked about this numerous times. He goes, yeah, I get guys in my class, and he goes, you know, when I talk about being a yoga instructor, there's every once in a while he gets that, like, reaction, like, just that look, like, oh. And then he's like, I know exactly what these guys are thinking. You're kind of a wuss. You're, oh, you're one of those touchy-feely types, or you're gay or whatever. And he's the, the, trust me, he's the furthest thing from gay. He's not like an obnoxious, toxic, masculine guy, but he is the furthest thing from being a gay man. And it's so almost appalling to me that we as humans have gotten to this space where those assumptions come flying forward before you get to know who that person is and what they're truly all about. Mm. It's very damaging. In fact, um, I feel that, if we were more welcoming to people walking into a gym or a yoga class or anything to do with physical health about 
gosh, it's great you're here. So good to see you. In fact, when I am in the gym or in the pool and I see somebody who I know has probably had to push themselves to even walk in the door, if I feel compelled enough that I feel like they would feel comfortable, I'll say hello and talk to them for a little bit. But if nothing else, I will give them a nice smile or kind of like a thumbs up or what something to make them know, hey, I see you and I need you to know you're appreciated for who you are and showing up in this way. Because I was yeah. that, I've been that guy myself where I didn't feel like I was welcome in these spaces. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, um, you mentioned earlier, I know we're probably just about out of time, but you mentioned earlier that I'm a single father. Mm-hmm. And I have heard this, and it, people aren't saying it to be mean. They're not saying it to be, it's just, it's what comes out of people's mouths. And I've heard this more times than I can count. Yep. That um, they see me with my son, and he's doing great and flourishing. And right. I think people were sort of taken back by the single moms all over the place. Right. <laughs> a, a man does it intentionally not like his wife died or something right, but right. chooses to go out and become a father solo uh, people sort of do this double take and then they see me with him and they say oh my god you're doing a good job high five but i frequently get the comment that you're doing you're doing as well as a woman could do <laughs> and it's this assumption and i understand where it comes from i'm not offended by it it's right. just this notion that all women are good with children and all men are bad with children or right. women are just inherently better. And I think women do tend toward the more nurturing. And sure. I, I think that image does come from somewhere. And I think men do tend toward being a little more firm, mm-hmm. but you know, it's that type of belief that a man has this role to fill. This is what it means to be a man. This yep. is what you're good at. This is what you're not good at. Please stay in your lane. Right. Um, it's just so fascinating. When, yeah. And when we, when we fall into that trap of this, these predefined lanes about what it means to be a man or what it means to be a gay man, then we deny ourselves. I, if I had bought into that, mm-hmm. I would have denied myself the most important thing in my life. Absolutely. By far. It's not even a close call. Yeah. But I think this piece you just brought up, Darren, is so valuable because when we start to constantly abide by those norms, those gender norms, then we wonder why people get so up in arms. It's like, oh, you're doing so good as a single father. Well, that's like turning to a woman and going, oh, you're doing so good in this role in the company as a woman. It's the same stuff. It's like that's that has nothing to do with it. You're doing great as a father. Glad to see that happening. Mm. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Can you imagine saying to a a woman doctor, you know, a a profession that was traditionally just men say, wow, you're, you're, you're doing as well as a man. Right. I'm shocked. Who knew? (laughs) You know, like that would be the the height of sexism. Well, it is the height of sexism. But it's not just like women saying that to me or um, what I would consider to be really conservative men or women it's my uber liberal you know like it's 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 something that we've been marinating in for so long that we don't even realize we have these i think that's the that's the core of kind of what this conversation is all about is what are those beliefs you're marinating in that keep you from seeing yourself in your best light we have all in all of us and anybody who's going to deny it 
I'm going to invite you to go some deep therapy because we've all been socialized to believe certain things. And those things oftentimes are your own self-image of who you are. And the sooner you can go and work with that and get beyond what you've been socialized, that's damaging to you. I'm not saying everything's bad, but that's damaging to you and your self-image. The sooner you will feel better and more confident, more courageous to go do stuff. And you consistently show up in the world absolutely the way you're meant to show up. I think that's the key to all of this. So I'm curious, Darren, before we wrap it up here, if you were going to give some guys just your insight from having taught yoga and done some deep work and everything on a way to truly love themselves and embrace their self-image, what would you suggest they do? Um, I would say that healing your mind and strengthening your mind muscle Mm. and your heart muscle is no different than working with your body muscles. And when we go to the gym or do any kind of exercise, it is the resistance that makes us stronger. So it's the, the more resistance, the more weight you put on that dumbbell, the bigger your bicep gets. And instead of viewing these, the, the resistance we have to something like yoga or eating well as like there's something wrong with me because I crave sugar or because I have trouble going to the gym five days a week or whatever it happens to be, whatever your commitment to yourself. See that resistance as a weight that you're building your heart and your mind muscle with because each time you bump up against that resistance and you pass through it, it you get stronger. So we don't necessarily have to see those things as bad because we do a lot of shaming I have resistance, uh, like I crave sugar, therefore I have trouble sticking to my diet, therefore I'm a terrible human being and nobody loves me, right? right? That's one way you can go. Or you can say, wow, I struggle with sugar. And yes, I ate some sugar this week, but five times I chose not to. And that was like five bicep curls exactly. that made my mind muscle and my heart muscle a little bit stronger. So I think changing our perception about these narratives and beliefs and habits and patterns that we carry can really help us to become more liberated from them. I agree. So thanks again for coming here, man. It's been a while. I'm glad we got to have this conversation and get to reconnect. It's always good to yeah. share the with you. You're doing amazing work out there, my friend. Well, thank you. And thanks for being here, man. I so appreciate you. You too. That's a wrap for 40 plus real men, real talk. Where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where the conversations continue.